I am joined today by Nick Bambach. Uh, I, I kind of like to sort of view it as, I, meet, I met someone at a party, he's wearing the same suit. Hey, it turns out we have not only the same tailor, we have the same interests on a whole lot of things. There's not a lot of us who are this obsessed on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you kind of agree on that? I don't know if it's obsession as more as just intrigue. Okay, fair enough. Because obsession means you'll do anything to like, you know, but like intrigue is like, you're kind of looking at something with a one eye open, kind of. You're trying to figure out uh, what is happening. What are they doing? Well, we'll never figure that out. Yeah. No, because they're not transparent. No, uh, they're not transparent, but I want to talk about something that I believe is transparent. Uh, we got to talking a little bit more. We've been following each other on social media, I believe, for a while now. Mm -hmm. And you reached out to me to be part of a project that you're doing. And before we sort of I get your gauge your reaction on this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class, I want to talk to you about the project that you've involved me in, if you can. Absolutely. So I'm, I started a project about three or four months ago with one of my friends, Darren Hines, who um, is also a Rock Hall watcher. He uh, and I decided to uh, base um, a Hall of Fame project, almost like a public history project, uh, using the induction system and uh, methodology of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So instead of like, you know, how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you induct at least five and up to seven each year. And it used to be, you, if you get 50% or more of the votes, you would get inducted. So they could have as many as like eight or 10 or as little as five, because everyone votes for five. For our project, we use something similar to the Baseball Hall of Fame where you have to reach a certain percentage to receive induction. Now, it's really interesting how the, um, like the Baseball Hall of Fame, for example, it is 75% um, for induction. That's way too much because art is subjective, like music. Like you can't measure it unless you're going by awards or sales. And sometimes the greatest artists of all time have never sold many records like the Velvet Underground or Leonard Cohen right. or Patti Smith. Like, they're, they're, if you went based on that, they would never get inducted, but they have influential, legendary careers. Now, with our induction system, we use something similar, but we change it from 75 to 50 because 50 was the standard for the Rock Roll of Fame up until probably like seven or eight years ago. As long as you had 50% of the vote, you were inducted no matter what. And I think that's a fair assessment. And we actually have a voting body of, I think now almost like 140. And oh, wow. we get a really good return rate. We get at least probably like, 70 to 80 which is really good if you think about it mm -hmm. and people vote in it every week um and we also use like a ballot of 40 nominees each week and then everyone votes for 15 it was 10 for a while but then we had to like change a few things about it but now it's you vote for 15 out of 40 and then we kind of move up a week so now we're up to 1995 starting tomorrow or this coming week yeah, it's always a nice, uh, nice thing to get in my inbox every Friday. Uh, my new ballot, so I do enjoy. I do enjoy being a part of that. What are we up to? Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to get Professor Longhair in. <laughs> you know, he came close to one week, and like we were all like, you know, because one of my friends, Mary, is just really like she's from Louisiana, and she's just amazing, and yeah. she's just a huge proponent for Professor Longhair. I'm rooting for him and some of the uh, Nola artists but yeah maybe he'll get in if not you know we're starting the veterans committee next week so that's okay. the other important thing that we actually we added to that the rock and roll hall of fame doesn't have that we think should be implemented is this idea of a veterans committee so mm -hmm. starting next week 
because in the baseball team, you only get X amount of years, right? So you get, let's say, 10 years of eligibility window. And then what happens is after your 10 years is up, you get moved to consideration for the veterans committee. And okay. instead of it being 40, you get 10. But instead of um, 15, you vote for, you vote for four. So it guarantees at least X a number of inductees or it should because you're going to have to vote for four for okay. your ballot account. But that's going to be a separate ballot. In, a, in the same email. Okay. Uh, so when it's all completed, is there going to be a place where people can sort of take a look at all of this? Actually, on my site, I do have a, a working document of the inductees every week that I update. So in case people are like, oh, did we get to, uh, I don't know, Frank Zappa and the Mother's Invention? And you'll be like, yeah, they were inducted in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the site that people can find? Oh, my website is the audiovisual repository. So I took three things I love. I, 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 I my background is in film. So mm-hmm. I had to, and I also have more interest in music as I get older. And I also work as a librarian. So repositories like archives and okay. um, the collection of materials. So I tried to pick something that also fits the three things that I enjoy the most. Nice, nice. Uh, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just had their, I think, and I, I just read your latest blog on that. I think you and I are in very much agreement on this. It's probably my favorite class in years. Yeah, it's a great batch of inductees. Very unexpected because you think like, okay, like they're going to duck like, let's say six. And then maybe there'd be like one or two people in, mm-hmm. a, in one of the categories because they never really inducted people every year in the categories. Like uh, early influence, it seemed like every three years. Right. Musical excellence every few years and non-performers. It was very consistent in how they um, went about it. And this year they just went like all in. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, you know what? We're inducting six performers and we got seven others in other categories. And it's a great class. It's a very diverse class. It's the most probably demographically and musically diverse class they've ever had, or at least in many years. What do you think is a testament to that? I mean, uh, Joel, I'm blanking in the same, Joel Sykes, I believe. Who, John Sykes. John Sykes. Why don't I want to call him Joel? I'm terrible with names, as we've already established before we went on air. Uh, it's the, a lot of the drinking I do as a Canadian, I suppose. Uh, John Sykes has talked about being pushing more diversity in that. Absolutely. Having said that, as much as I think, I don't want to make that assumption for you. I, I, I might hear anyway. I think a lot of us never really liked the work that John Wenner did. But John Wenner, yes. John Wenner, yeah. Uh, saying that, I mean, a, a lot of the progression, I'm sure, did occur on his watch of trying to broaden the, the, the base of, of the voting public. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sykes is just sort of taking that to a completely different level, uh, I, I would certainly argue. Jan Winner, I, I will also probably argue, is the biggest reason why we're even talking today is because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I thought was a complete disaster when I first started not Hall of Fame.com 11 years ago. And mm-hmm. every year, the outrage of why didn't so-and-so get in and how come this one got in? Now, you're still going to get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm finding, and I don't know if you feel the same, that it's subsiding year after year as they seem to be writing a few of the wrongs that they have there's still a lot of work to do i think but what's your take on that well when did you start the website in like what year uh 2000 
2009 or 2010. Uh, the year that Madonna got in, because the idea came from- 2008 then. 2008? All right. So I might've launched it in 2009, but the idea came from being at a bar, big shock, and just hearing a bunch of people grumble that Madonna had no business being in the Rock Hall. Mm-hmm. And then that that week, I just started looking at all the people, because I thought Madonna should be in. Yeah, she's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, to me, to me it was, but a lot of people disagreed. And I think that's a lot for a lot of people who traditionally sort of the Gene Simmons value of what rock and roll is, which is, I guess, if it's got two guitars and a drum set, that's pretty much rock to him. And I, I, I dispute that, and apparently the Rock Hall agrees with me. But moving on from that, I looked at all the people who weren't in, and then some of the ones who were, and then started off with a list and then just expanded it to what I have now. But each year, the outrage seems a little bit less. And this year, I didn't, I mean, there was obviously a little people, there were some people upset, but you're not going to please everybody. But I do think they're so trending in the right direction in, in who they're putting in. There's still a lot of things I despise. Well, I think you started the website in 2008 or 2009. That was when it was a little bit more closed off. So they didn't have big classes. Like there were only five performers get inducted from 2005 to 2011. Mm. So that actually really hurt the backlog for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's just created more and more like these worthy arts are just never even making a ballot, let alone being on the ballot to be considered. And in 2013, you saw um, the inductions of like Rush, and then you saw like a little bit more of a populist uh, wave that was coming in. So that's when you started seeing more classic rock Mm -hmm. get into the mix. And I'll I'll be honest, like I'm not as big of a classic rock fan, but I think there's absolutely arguments for people that got in like Kiss or Deep Purple or even journey like you know like i'm not saying i'm a huge fan of theirs per se like actively seek out their music but they have cases and they were kind of just not you know they it was just not giving people what they were interested in at that time and that's the move really also to hbo happened around that time in 2012 so you started seeing like this like shift um to you know maybe not the most critically acclaimed artists or bands but super influential and super um, well-known. I always think like to me, a determinant of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a part of it, I hate to say it is, are you a household name? I mean, like you could have all the influence, you could have all the accolades and whatever and great music, but are you a household name? Like like if you ask someone, do you know um, like Carole King or the Foo Fighters? I think that matters too, in a way, that name recognition. You know, I'd agree with you. There's a lot of uh, varying criteria I think the Rock Hall, and, and I like the, how you're using the word populist because they were going a little bit too, what's what I'm sort of looking for, critic-centric. Yes. And, you know, and, and you mentioned Kiss. Uh, Kiss is a band that, I mean, I love, but I never compare, I never thought uh, Gene, and, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, never compared them to, uh, you know, Lennon and McCartney because they weren't, they couldn't do that. Did I have a lot of fun at KISS concerts? Absolutely. Did it make me want to try to pick up a guitar? Yeah, it, it did. Did I want to try to copy writing their music? No, because lyrically, they weren't very good. But they put on one hell of a show. And I will say it gave yeah. us also, I think, one of the greatest induction speeches ever with Tom Morello inducting KISS. It's one of, I don't know how 
long ago you've listened to it, but I always listen to it every three or four months because it kind of reminds me of why I'm interested in the Rock and Roll fame. Because Tom Morello is like, what, this respected guitarist that mm-hmm. um, is f- this political revolutionary, but he's also like working with like all these different kind of genres and styles and what, what not have you. And he's made like the most impassioned case for anyone I've ever heard to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you can't help but like not dislike Kiss after that. Like you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get behind Kiss even if I'm not a fan yeah. of their work. And I think that that's the testament is how much did they mean something to you too personally? Like, you know, did they inspire you to write music or, you know, quit your job and make it to the music industry or whatever it may be? There's so many factors, but that speech always go back to because it's just, it's so powerful. and. It's it's great. And Top Rail was great too, of course. So yeah. And a lot of it too is my sometimes it's not necessarily how you start, it's where you you end up. And mm-hmm. KISS was the starting point for I think a lot of musicians of, of of that era. I don't know how much they necessarily took from them, but it made them want to become stars in, in, in one facet. And then creatively you morph into something else. Mm-hmm. So uh from this, going back to this class, because I, I really want to do more of a deep dive on that. Sure. Uh, again, reading after reading your blog, again, we have something also in common uh, with Kraftwerk getting inducted this year in a very, I want to say surprising way, because that's the one, one of the biggest criticisms I, I still have is, as we said earlier, the lack of transparencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the chance to talk to a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voter when I asked her, how many, uh, how many other voters? She said, I don't know. She doesn't know. Uh, they said it in the press release. There's like 1,200 this year. Um, yesterday, they they published it. They said that there were about 1,200 or so voters. Okay. So that's... that's, that's and it's start. been going up every year because they're trying to diversify by making it more, especially of a younger demographic looking mm. at the thing. But we didn't know for the longest time because... And then like if people post pictures of their ballots on social media, like some of my friends look for that stuff, you'll see like a number in the bottom... Uh, right-hand corner and it'll say like ballot like 1247 let's say Mm -hmm. you're like oh at least there there has to be at least that many ballots um but yeah craft work getting in as early influence okay so here's my take that i think i'm glad they're in like they're one of the biggest snubs and anyone who disagrees with it i just don't understand like they're give literally giving you something that you want maybe it's not how you want it to happen but it happened and there's nothing we could do about it. Mm-hmm. And they should be, and they should have been in like the late nineties when they were, or mid to late nineties when they were first eligible. Yeah. Uh, they've been hovering at either at number one or hovering at number one at the top uh, for since I started this whole thing. I can't remember if they debuted at number one. I think so. Uh, votes actually came in for them. Weren't necessarily the best. The best I've got the highest vote getters is Jethro Tull by hmm. I don't say a wide margin because there's a lot of acts that are over 90%, but I, last time I checked, they were at 96 point something. But yeah, Kraftwerk is, the, is one I'm personally the most happiest about. And then I always wonder, like, why am I so happy? Like, I don't think they, they, they care, the remaining members who are still alive. Not even that. It's just like you, they failed. It's like LL Cool J. Like they failed with the voters half a dozen times each. And, you know, it's after a while, like, you know, some people I've been reading comments on like social media and whatever, it's just like, oh, it's not the right thing to do. Well, what is the right thing to do? Just keep putting them back on a ballot every year. 
just to get rejected by the voters. And then when you do that for craft work, you're also um, hurting the backlog too, because you're not allowing other people to be considered. So for EDM or electronic, you can't get to Daft Punk then. You can't yeah. get to these other artists of that genre or style. And it's like, you know, you got them in and now they're in company with their people that the influence like Depeche Mode and Nine Inch Nails. And like I said, it opens up a spot and you never have to really think about them again because, you know, most people aren't going to care, Kurt, mm-hmm. how they're inducted into the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. Like you could argue all day and say, I was really upset that Wanda Jackson got an early influence induction, which is kind of strange uh, with the definition that they had, but they updated the definition um, to reflect not pre-rock anymore, but just an influ- a direct influence on rock, right. which is really interesting that they did that yesterday. And if, if I would actually take it one step further, like I wrote in my blog, I would actually drop the word early if I was them. Just say influences. that Then you'll have anyone who is arguing that Kraftwerk or Gil Scott Heron shouldn't be in that category. It, it's an easy fix. You just drop one word, influences, and that's it. Yeah. And that's really, I think, the key thing, because that was the only criteria that they even mentioned ever at all initially, just for the rock all, mm-hmm. was influence. That was the big key word. So if, if that is the word we want to hang our hat on, and there's other, and again, it's a, it's a very broad definition. Craftwork, Gil Scott Heron. Uh, Gil Scott Heron was a pleasant surprise, though. I, mean, I predicted him. Nominated. I predicted him last year. Um, because the rock hall had in the wake of like, you know, all the political and social turmoil Mm -hmm. we've had over the past year. Um, they had that really great zip at the Waka Anusa, uh, the new rock hall curator had, um, Mm -hmm. it's been said all along and he was featured predominantly. If you go on their website and you look at the exhibit, he's him and other politically active or socially conscious artists were mentioned. He was mentioned alongside like actual hall of famers. Mm -hmm. And I said, there has to be some correlation there. Like they don't just do that just for nothing either. That they want to read too much into something, but you're like, and and one of my friends, Michelle, she uh, is also a rock hall watcher. She wrote a really wonderful piece on Gil Scott Heron and why he's worthy. Um, I think last May. Um, And it's, he's absolutely worthy. And it's really fascinating in his induction too, because you're actually honoring someone who had a direct influence on, especially hip hop outside the performers category because for the longest time you only had one hip-hop artist inducted each year and that was it and they only stayed in the performance category gil scott heron is an early influence so it's someone outside that genre so i think that's actually a hugely important induction in many ways Mm -hmm. the one though that i'm still befuddled by not that i don't think he belongs i i do but this LL Cool J getting in when he was on the vote and then he gets mm-hmm. in a different way. It's very strange to me. It is strange. I mean, LL's like one of those people where he's like Kraftwerk. He had a half a dozen chances. And there's a very famous story that him and Sheik Questlove once said this many years ago that they came super close one year to induction. Like they like just missed it. And to me, if you just miss it, you should just put them in. Like if you're like with like, within a few votes just throw them in (laughs) then you don't ever have to worry about them again not let me like if you're like you're super close not like to rig the process to make it fit whatever narrative you want it to be like some people say like oh you should just throw in iron maiden or the new york dolls it's like well no if they didn't get enough votes 
and like there was nowhere even close to induction, then you can't. But you know, L. Cool J getting music icons, yeah, it's it's strange because he had a performing career. It's not like Todd Rundgren. It's really weird how like Todd Rundgren is getting in the performers category, but he arguably had way more impact and influence as a producer. And so like to me, he would would have been like the excellent choice for the musical excellence right. category so it's kind of strange that it turned out the way but todd got enough votes um so like what are you supposed to do like change it around to make it fit like it l clearly didn't get enough votes i guess but they they have changed yeah i know it's I, I know what you're saying like you don't want to flip that over because like my one of the predictions that that i made didn't come true i thought todd was going to get in mm-hmm. but i thought they were going to find that that another that other method the way that ll got in I thought that's what was going to happen. Because- I actually got all six correct. <laughs> yeah, I read that. I know. It was funny. Like I said, Rage 2, because I said Rage and Todd were like six and seven, but I'm like, who yeah. cares? Like one of them is going to get in. I don't know. And a lot of people kind of were like, not really like sure on Todd. I said, he's the only classic rocker. He has to come close. They wouldn't keep putting him on a ballot if he wasn't at least coming close. And he kind of had a clear lane this time. I um I did a show uh, just just the other day my weekly Hall of Fame show with Evan Nolan my uh, partner on that, and he was of the belief and I I'm kind of with him on that one that LL spot probably should have went to Shaka Khan. I love Shaka Khan. She's amazing, yeah. and, and mainly because I think they really want her in more, and and, and they're they're going to keep putting her up. And I I'm trying to think of other cases where I've seen an act and where they they wanted her in so bad so. All right, we'll try her as a solo. All right, now we're going to try her with Rufus. And we're going to try her as a solo. So mm. they they want her in. And I don't, and that's where I wish the transparency was there. I, go, I wish I knew how close she's been, if she's close at all. I mm-hmm. suspect not very. I think it's hard because the Rock Roll of Fame doesn't have transparency. They don't release the votes. That's what we do too in the Rock Hall Reconsidered project. We yeah. tell you guys, here's the total breakdown. So there's no confusion. We don't release the actual votes because we want people's privacy, of course. And we want people to uh, respect, you know, the yeah. process too. And if you want to see your votes, you're more than welcome to. But that's a huge part of it too, is that you don't know how close. You can release mine. I'm cool with that. <laughs> sure uh no uh <laughs> but you know it's just one of those things where like they clearly want shaka khan in. and even in interviews when you talk or listen to a former or cur- a really current nominating committee members she gets the most support out of anyone in the room every year and it doesn't matter if it's with rufus with without rufus like they want her in. and she's a weird anomaly too because she's kind of like the missing link between the great soul singers of the 60s with like Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and Gladys Knight and um and really like Whitney Houston and Jan Jackson she's like in the middle of that and like it's like this impossible per like figure that you kind of have to honor because like you could argue like I mean Literally in I'm Every Woman, Whitney Houston covers that song and she says the last lines are Shaka Khan. I mean, come on. <laughs> she 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 loves her. And uh, it was one of Whitney's biggest hits. Uh, and I think, yeah, with everything being equal and just going with the assumption that, let's say, the, the desire for Shaka and LL Cool J is the same. Shaka's older. I mean, Shaka looks fantastic. She can still belt it. Absolutely. But she's still older. And that is something that I don't want to see another posthumous induction of somebody that they could have easily put in. 
That's why I'm in support of craft work at LL. I hate to say this too, and I wrote this in the blog too. You've got to honor the artists and people while they're still alive. You can't just assume, like Chris Cordell, like you could have put him in six years before that. No one expected him to pass away. Right. And it's like this urgent, like, like you just don't know when your uh, artists or industry people are going to pass away and you don't want it to be posthumous. You want them to celebrate it and think to yourselves, okay, this means something. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I would rather see someone get inducted than to never get inducted and happen too late. And it's like, that's why I don't know if you um, uh, know this, but Donna Summer is the whole reason why I got into the rock and roll of fame. That was, yeah. So I um, always love to tell the story to friends and uh, podcasts, but, Basically, my mom's favorite singer was Donna Summer, right? So, like, she loves Donna Summer. Um, Diana Ross and Donna Summer. And Donna Summer was nominated four times. She passed away right after her 2012, like, she didn't get in on the fourth time. She passed away shortly after that. There was this whole outcry about, like, you know, she's a great singer. And she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And even John Landa, who's the uh, Bruce Springsteen's manager and the head of the nominating committee said that we failed as a voting body. And that kind of got me wondering, like, wait, why is she not in? And then it kind of got me more interested to follow and study and analyze the Rock and Roll of Fame. So for me, like, you know, and they really have done a poor job in terms of representing especially black artists and like soul and RB in the last decade, especially the live-in ones. And to me that that was a huge, um, uh, like, what are we doing here? Kind of like, and then she got inducted the next year. Yeah. And And it was sad. It is. Yeah. The the funny thing is too, I mean, I'll actually argue though. You're right about what you said about the the lack of of prominent African-American artists over the last 10 years. Although I, I do think that the worst artist in there is African-American. Darlene Love should not be in there at all. Oh, really? I love Darlene. Uh, she's so important to like, she sang on some of the greatest records of all time. And she is like, just so terrific. I mean, it's hard because with her, you, we also have to take a consideration. She got screwed over by Phil Spector. So like a lot of the records, like he's a rebel, it's credited to like, say the crystals, but it's also like, that's clearly her no, voice. And, and, and I love and that, her. That, that's a good, that's a, that's a valid point. It's just, I think her overall body of work is pretty weak compared to some of the people who are out, who were not in, but yeah, being screwed over by Phil Spector, really any artist for the, or any record company for that matter. I mean, Darlene Love was like cleaning like apartments and houses and like up until like the eighties, like for like a long time. And then she had this career resurgence to me. She's actually one of the best examples of like someone who had like this, like, you know, like, yeah, she's not like at a high level, like say Tina Turner, who like, she was my number one prospect. I love Tina, but like Darlene's got a good case and I love, I love her. Yeah. I might have, might have to disagree on that one, but uh, that's okay. That's all good. Um, but yeah, you got three people who are getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three times. I mean, the second time too. You have uh, Tina Turner, you have Carol King, and yep. Dave Grohl. So it's kind of um, unprecedented too, because you don't usually see that many in one year. Right. And two of them being women, and frankly, among the most overdue people to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's true. And like Evan was saying uh, the other night. Uh, again, with all due respect to Stevie Nicks, and I love Stevie, but Stevie as the first female to be in the Clyde McFadder Club just didn't work for me. Absolutely not. I mean, I like, I mean, 
I like the the persona Stevie Nicks more than the actual music. I think she's. I, I think that. she should yeah. definitely be inducted. And when I went to the 2019 ceremony, she was the opening act, like the first artist inducted that night, and it was the loudest, like one of the loudest. Um, people of all ages just love Stevie Nicks and that audience. It was amazing, and the impact and power. To me personally, I would have picked Carol King or Tina Turner. But they're now. But now they're both in. It's such a good point now because now they're both in, but CV opened that door to um, have um, Tina and Carol and be like, wait a second, they're not inducted. <laughs> right. And, and, that, and that's, that's sort of like the great thing. Uh, who's not, a lot of your top guy, top people that you've wanted in. I know for me too, have, have gotten in this year. What you, if you were to like actively campaign for just one artist who you think has been overlooked, who would it be? Personally, and then like professionally, because I did the top 100 uh, prospects project um, uh, over winter, the like uh, over a few months. Personally, I think the B-52s are the most overdue um, for many reasons. That was one of my most read blogs. Um, I think that one of the weirdest things about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been how it deals with New Wave, but also how it deals with uh, ideas of sexuality and gender. And mm -hmm. to me, like you're... They're throwing other new wave artists like Devo on the ballot. And I think that, you know, Devo's great. I love Devo, but mm -hmm. the B-52s have at least like four or five songs that like anyone of all ages knows and loves like Rock Lobster, right. Rome, uh, Love Shack, uh, incredible body of work and really critically acclaimed and respected. And they would get in immediately like, you know, like that artsy new wave, but like they had like a pop sensibility to them and they're very subversive. And I wrote a really great piece actually two years ago. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> wow. Time flies um, about them and why they should be in the hall of fame. So that would be your top. Okay. Interesting. And then like, probably like more critically, like who yeah. would probably be number one, um, you know, I, Cause Tina, cause I, number one was Tina Turner and then number three was Kraftwerk. Mm -hmm. So I guess number two would have to be the Smiths, <laughs> but that oh, would be really cool. interesting because uh, how would Morrissey play? Do we want Morrissey even anywhere near that? But you can't deny the impact and influence of the Smiths. So it's kind of like, it's a tough catch 22 almost. <laughs> Morrissey, well, you know, if he shows up, he'll be miserable no matter what he does. Heaven knows he, he's miserable now. <laughs> that is very, oh God, yeah. Who's going to want to duck them? And then Johnny Marr and the others, they're going to have lawyers, you know. It's just going to be a hot mess. It's going to happen, but it's just like that, you know, it'll be interesting. But I guess the Smiths by default because mm -hmm. of, you know, my list. As for me, I, I, I've really sort of done a 180 on on one on one thing so it's not necessarily that i know that i think rage needs to get in but evan again i'm just gonna bring up mm -hmm. he, he says a lot and he's so true rage not getting in blocks a lot of the great 90s bands you know the alt bands like that are still left soundgarden that you mentioned like with chris chris cornell because mm -hmm. they're not chris cornell so smashing pumpkins sonic youth there's a glut now of these great early 90s uh, alt bands because they generally don't nominate more than one in a year. Uh, well, I mean, you could argue they do at least two. 
I think they do two or three, but usually Matter. at least two. Absolutely, because even like Dave Matthews gets pa- played on alternative radio. Wow. Okay. Oh no, I'm just saying. Like, if, like yeah, ethic, no, no, ethic, I, I you're like, just saying. I, I'm I'm not a fan of jam bands, so I never really lumped him into or lumped, lumped them in that category. But I, I, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like strange because like last year you had three because you had Nine Inch Nails, you had Soundgarden, and you technically Dave Matthews is alternative yes. rock. I, I mean, he's he's multifaceted because he's on alter, um, alter, yeah, adult contemporary and pop True. and rock. Yeah. But, you know, it's just interesting how they kind of went to the Foo Fighters. And I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan. I think that they're great in what they do. Wouldn't be the first 90s band I think of. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where now we can move on. Maybe we'll get to the Smashing Pumpkins or other bands of that era that are a little bit more interesting. (laughs) But the Foo Fighters are fine, though. I don't have any dislike for them. They're just not a band that I personally like, which is fair, like not a priority. I think that's the issue because I think it's harder personally um, to make a case against someone being in the rock and roll hall of fame than to be in the hall of fame because everyone can make a case for anyone. And most of the time it's pretty valid. It's just the way you persuade someone. And the only other genre that I wanted to sort of get your, your take on that we really haven't discussed much is metal. That's sort of like what I grew up mostly as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal is not very well represented. I, I can no. sort of see why. Uh, it's not a, it's not, not a genre that a lot of critics like. Uh, when we did our prediction show, I said Iron Maid had 0.0 chance of getting in. Like, there's no way they were going to get in even less chance they would have shown up, even if they did. Uh, my, so my most wanted actually is the one out of the big three to me that's remaining, which isn't Judas Priest. For me, it's Motorhead. I like Motorhead the best of those three by a yeah. mile because I think they had more of the punk sensibility to their right. music. And Lemmy is just the ultimate rock star. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing to think at least this year, I will say, though, last year they did stack metal and hard rock almost too much that it almost blocked them all to to, to get in. So, like, you had uh, Judas Priest, you had Motorhead, you had Soundgarden, then Lizzie, and there's probably one more that I can't think of offhand. Um, I forgot when Lizzie was even nominated. I yeah, it's weird because, you know, they're played on classic rock radio, and that tends to be a something that is important in the last, like, 10 years. Like, if you're a classic rocker, you have a really good shot um but it's just interesting how um the voters clearly dislike metal it it, it, like on this year it proves it because uh maiden was the only metal act and really the only hard rock act besides the foo fighters really i mean because devo certainly isn't and oh i guess rage oh i guess rage is too Mm -hmm. hard rock um so i'll take that back the only metal band on the list um and they still can't get in, but you got Randy Rhodes inducted this year. So at Love least it. there's some Love representation. That. And I'm going to be honest. The reason why I think metal struggles in the rock and roll hall of fame is I think kind of simple. I think it never went mainstream really. It's been, it was very much a cult of a cult like audience that liked metal. So, I mean, you have like the bands that people know, like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and Motorhead, but Beyond that, I think a lot of people would be hard-pressed, like a general music fan, to kind of think of someone. And of course, you can think of like Pantera and Slayer and other great metal bands. Mm-hmm. 
or Metallica, of course, too. Metallica is inducted, um, but you know, but they uh, went mainstream. Yeah, they did went mainstream, but I think I think metal for the most part just never went mainstream. And there's also parodied so much, like in this is Spinal Tap. And I think a lot of people took like this kind of excessive nature of metal almost too literally, and I think it almost made it a joke um, in many ways, which it, I think a lot of it isn't true, but. I just, I get concerned with what they're going to have to do with metal because it's just like, it's ridiculous that like some of these acts and I'm going to be blunt. I don't like metal really. That's very, mm. besides Motorhead, that's probably very few. I would probably say I'm fans of, but I would vote for them if I had a ballot because they're just too important. It's funny, living, living in the Caribbean, I live in Barbados specifically where everything's soca, dance hall and occasional reggae. I've listened to a lot more metal in the last two years just because I every time you go out of the house, that's all I hear is soca. And I, I just need to go the exact opposite sometimes. Yeah. All right, gonna play some wasp now. <laughs> Someone mentioned that earlier <laughs> week. Wow. Um, no, but at least you got Randy Rhodes inducted. And I yes. think that and I think we have to credit Tom Morello on that because Tom Morello oh. has always said that that was like on his route, Mount Rushmore of his most admired and influential guitarist to him personally. He's even writing like a forward to, I think like a Randy Rhodes biography that's coming oh, wow. out okay. and um, he's on the nominating committee. So it's like, you kind of think that that has something to do with it, but at least there's some metal at least getting represented, even if it's like not the performers category, I have hope that Maiden will make it in. I, you know, I don't know what they're going to have to do though. The nominating committee, uh, you know, uh, as high as Maiden is, like on, on the core list that I have, I'm far more passionate about Motorhead and Judas Priest. Motorhead, definitely, even though they're actually the lower of the three on the current ranking, just based on votes that have come in in comments, because I attribute yeah. that to how I do that, just my personal tastes and what I find that I can listen to now more. I guess I'm just hearing things differently now that I'm in my 40s, my God. Uh, and as I listen back to some of the songs in my youth and yeah. what I pick up more, from that and the nuances of Motorhead and Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, not so much. I rocked out a lot to Iron Maiden, but I don't know that I necessarily pick up a lot of other interesting things that I did before, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's funny because I think Motorhead could be the first one of those three to make it in because they have that widespread appeal. Because if you think about it, they have that punk and metal and hard rock um, combination to them. So like they're like multifaceted. And I think that's why some of the acts that got in this year, like even the Go-Go's, they have widespread appeal, like their new wave, their pop, they have hard rock and punk. Uh, uh, I mean, you have two members of the Germs enter in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, which is kind of like, it's amazing to think, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I think Motorhead might be the first one of those bunched again, but I think it's just, I think they just got to keep trying and try to stack it in such a way that, you know how they do with Depeche Mode and The Cure. Like they kind of just put one band of that type and you'll get the support from that. I just wish that, um, and it is the most, the least represented by a mile in the Rock Hall as of right now. So I hope that they figure something out. Even if I'm not personally a fan, I, I still root for metal as much as anyone else because it's just staggering that some of the like A-listers aren't even inducted. Is there been any... Uh inductee that you sort of that is a head scratcher i know i know you're 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 far more high road than i am <laughs> uh you know 
on a personal level or yeah. a you know oh. Oh, but what, what, what I saying? think everyone has a case I think I think it's hard to say because some people say like Percy Sledge but then you're thinking like well he was influential like in Southern Soul or in, in like the South in like the 60s and 70s um if I had to pick one that I guess I'm not a fan of I guess it's probably like Journey or Bon Jovi or one of those because mm-hmm. to me like they just don't have the substance I mean like Journey has a great all-time great singer in Steve Perry. So like they kind of get a pass in that sense. Um, And they, but to me like Bon Jovi is just one of those bands that at least I'm not, like they have good songs, don't get me wrong, but at a hall of fame level, I don't know. They, they were going to get it no matter how I felt about them. But I think everybody that's in the rock and roll hall of fame has a case. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because I always think that that's a hard way to look at too, because once you're inducted, that's it. I mean, you can't remove them or you could, but they're still going to be an inductee um, no matter how many ways you look at it. And it means something because usually in the first time of any epigraph, it's always going to say like Lloyd Price died last week, rock and roll hall of fame inductee Lloyd Price passed away. And that it still means something to the people. Uh, So I just want to close off with this. Uh, sort of moving away from that, but I'm just sort of curious, uh, what is your go-to music now? I, I suspect you're a, bit, you're a bit like me and that it kind of changes from, I don't know, from day to day, but like for, for myself personally, I'm on a pre-rock and roll kick of old, of old jump blues. Like, like, what, like what pre-rock do you like? Uh, right now. Hmm? Like what kind of artists? And- uh, right now, it's, it's, it's been a lot of uh, Solomon Burke. Oh, I love yeah. Solomon. The yeah. king of rock and soul. Yeah. So like, it's just like, I'm trying, I'm trying to educate myself on where, where I find a bit of blind spots. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of been a big, big push that I, that I've been doing lately. Uh, you know, <laughs> Dave Bartholomew, others like that. Oh, absolutely. Like that's Domino. Like, absolutely. Those are great artists. Um, you know, I try to like, I do like an album of the day challenge. Um, okay. So I always try to pick like music that I might've missed. So like, I'll, I'll, or an artist like I've heard of, but not necessarily someone that I seek out their music. So you can listen to an album and then you tweet it out and you say like, oh, like this is um, Two Door Cinema Club or the, um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Lloyd Price. Or mm-hmm. so like, I try to pick like something different every day. Like it's kind of like okay. uh, schizophrenic, but um, you know, I'm always like more of like an alternative guy, like especially like 80s alternative and 2000s because that's where i grew up in the, in, in the 2000s um and i always go back especially to like the late um 70s in the punk era to um about the early 90s uh up until grunge that's usually like my favorite era um like the other day i just listened to uh gang of four who's one of my favorite yep. bands okay like a band that i would love 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 to see a nomination for will they get one probably no. not but they're so good and you know, entertainment is just one of the best albums. I just listened to it and it's just, I did too, a- two weeks ago. Yeah. It's, I, I'm kind of doing something similar. I, I, there's this, you're probably familiar with this, acclaimedmusic.net. Yeah. I've heard of it. Okay. So they, they've compiled the top 3000 albums based on, I guess, critical magazines from England, Can- uh, Canada, USA. So mm-hmm. because we're now in an era where you can listen to them all and not have to buy them. I don't know how any artists make any money anymore. Yeah, uh, they got to be creative. Uh, yeah, so like I'm, li- I'm 
I'm at, what am I at? Like number 217 on the top 3000. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's an album by the birds I've got on right now that I'll probably listen to as I edit this. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes I find stuff really enjoyable. Sometimes stuff I've heard, like I, I used to own the CD, I'm just okay, I'll listen to it again. Sometimes it's like, oh my God, what do the critics see in this? I just don't get it. Yeah, it's really weird because I think music, like any art or f- like movies, especially, it's always like context. Like you're like, like, you know, like, why did that mean something to someone at that particular moment in time? Or what did they miss that they didn't see in it? And I, yeah, because I think when it, because I started it off uh, the number one song or number one album, I think it's still that way because they'll change it based on other top lists that'll come out uh, was Pet Sounds. Yeah, that makes sense. So then you try to, so then I try to put myself in that spot in 1965 or 66, I forget which year. How would I, how would I have heard that not having heard of anything else like that before? Mm-hmm. But it, it's always fun, but I really enjoyed uh, having you on. I'm sure we'll be doing this again in the near future. And hopefully I'm going to get, long hair is going to get in. He's going to get in somehow. Professor Longhair will so get in and no, there'll be a parade in New Orleans, a COVID friendly NOLA parade to celebrate that occasion. We'll, we'll beat that too. We will. We actually will. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Kurt.